Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Swim Brief. I'm Chris DeSantis, and welcome to this Solo Tuesday, Tuesday podcast, where I get a chance to talk a little bit about positive psychology. I'm by myself. On, on Later in the week, I usually have Joel on here with me, but this one is just me, and I'm, I'm just riffing off the top of my head, whatever it is I'm thinking about in my weekly coaching, the kind of stuff that I'm doing right now. And I am actually going to try something a little bit different with the way I'm doing this today. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but if you're listening to the podcast and you uh, want to give me some feedback, I know a lot of you out there listen and then you write me afterwards, you know me um, or whatever, but maybe even if you don't know me, give me some feedback and let me know if you can hear anything different about this podcast and let me know whether you like uh, what you see is different in this podcast, because I'll be really interested to hear from you. I love the audience of this podcast. I love what you guys bring to it. And it makes it really fun for me to do this every week. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Last week on the podcast, one of the things I brought up that I said I would, you know, I'm going to get to that later is um, a, a subject that as it relates to motivation. And one of the things I want to talk about motivation wise, because I, I want to tackle it from a little bit of a different angle than I usually do. Um, if you've been listening for a long time, then you have probably heard me say that negativity is very motivating in the short term, okay? But in general, you need some positivity in order to maintain motivation towards working uh, for something in the long term. And I have said that over and over and over again, I actually want to get into the, some of the mechanisms of that because I think I get a lot of questions from people. They, they, they sort of like, they want to know more. It resonates with them on some level, but the, the details of it are quite important and they're quite important for you as you think about yourself, right? I know a lot of people that listen to this are, are thinking about some of what I'm saying internally, but also externally, uh, if you're a coach and you're thinking about how you're going to interact with the people that you coach. Or uh, I, I actually have a lot of parents that, uh, of athletes that listen to this as well. So maybe you're going to think about how you're going to interact with your kids around some of this stuff. Um, but of course, as always, first, let me tell a story because I, I had an intersection of all sorts of different things yesterday that really spurred this on. I was, um, I was actually allowing myself to go on social media. I do maintain social media accounts because I'm running this business and because it's marketing for the businesses that I do, but I generally do not uh, spend time on social media. And that has to do with the podcast I did last week um, where I, I don't think uh, time spent on social media is particularly good for my own mental health. In fact, I know it's detrimental. So I really try to limit some of that time, um, but I slipped up. And, um, but I slipped up in a way that actually inspired me for what I'm gonna talk about today. So I was on Facebook and you know, Facebook will present you like, hey, Remember this memory from however many years ago? And my memory uh, was, it was perfect for the day that uh, I was in because it had me praising uh, somebody who, if you've been following me for a really long time, then you're gonna, this is like the deep cut. You're gonna know who this is. The Screaming Viking, Sean Klosterman. He is a club swimming coach um, in Joplin, Missouri. And he also, uh, for a long time, competed way past college, um, even in club swimming meets. So here, here I am shouting him out. Um, this was back in 2014. He's the same age I am now. He was 39 at that time. And he went 58 in the 100 breaststroke. And I was so inspired by it 
at that moment. And if I'm being honest, part of that inspiration was I have had for a long time an unrealized goal in the sport of swimming. And that is I want to break one minute in the 100 breaststroke. And here was Sean, okay, older than me. He's got kids at home. He's got a hard job that takes a lot out of him. And he had found a way to take care of himself and manage himself and do things for himself so that he could perform at this level that I wanted to be at. And, and it made me a little bit jealous. Okay. Um, yes, I was inspired by, but it also made me a little bit jealous. It activated a bit of negativity in me because I thought about in that moment, I thought about the fact that he had done it and I had not. Okay. And that feeling that I had there <clears throat> was very activating. Now, did I go on from that point to realize my goal? No, I did not. I made a comeback to competitive swimming a little bit after that. Um, I actually stated as a goal that I wanted to break one minute in the 100 breaststroke. And uh, I went to a swim meet and I went 106. So I, I did not achieve my goal in that time frame. And I'm gearing up to go after that goal once again. It's going to be even harder now because I am older and I don't know uh, what you think about how uh, difficult various uh, athletic achievements are. But in general, once you cross a certain point, and I've definitely crossed that certain point being 39 years old, it does get harder just on a purely physical basis to go after a peak level of performance. But I'm gearing back up to do it again. And so it did make me a little bit reflective, okay, on what is going on there when you have that driving moment, you see something, it elicits a feeling in you, it drives you towards change. And then what is actually necessary to sustain your motivation to do all the things that you think you need to do in order to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Okay. And here's, here's honestly the best way that I think about those two mechanisms. It's in the way that I just described. When you are in that moment where you get elicited that negativity, and when I, when I talk about negativity, it's really a combination of both the emotional state and the thoughts that follow, right? I, I was jealous and the thinking process that followed was like, you know, you lazy dude, I think I was a little bit harsher, but I'm, I'm watching my language for the podcast. You lazy dude, why haven't you gotten up and done what it takes to achieve that level of performance? Why haven't you done it, Chris? Like, come on, man. Like, it's right there. If Sean can do it, you can do it. And again, you know, then I had the counter. Well, you know, he was a D1 swimmer and he's so talented and he's so big and strong. And, you know, I made all sorts of explanations for myself over time why he was able to do it. And, oh, poor, you know, little me, Chris, like I couldn't possibly do the thing that he did. But what, some of that negativity that I'm talking about, right, the idea of the feeling and then the thoughts that follow, it does operate in most of our lives as an inflection point. That is, when that stimulus comes to us, when that negativity comes to us, we do feel a drive to change. 
Okay. If you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you see, there is some drive that you feel that goes like, I can change this, or I, I'm going to change this. Like I'm going to do something about this. Right. And it will, um, it will in the very, very short term, therefore can, can change the direction of where you're going. Now, whether or not that directionality is sustained, whether or not it keeps going in the direction that you want to go has a lot to do with your thought process and frankly, your emotional regulation that follows from that point. Um, and that's how I think about these motivation systems differently. And, and when I reflect back on looking at this quote and my time in, in that circumstance, right? One of the things is, yeah, like I had that initial thought, okay? But what I wasn't able to do at that time to sustain that motivation to do the things that would be necessary in order to achieve my goal was to keep myself focused on what it is I wanted. I had a lot of moments where I returned to the well, okay? Where I returned to the well, what I mean by return to the well is I returned to the point, to the inflection point, right? Because we can misunderstand that. We can go, wow, I had so much drive to change myself in that moment. Let me go back to that. Let me recreate that moment and that will keep driving me towards the thing that I want to achieve. If there's one takeaway message that you take from listening to this podcast, because I hear a variation of what I'm, what I've just described in every single one-on-one -on -one coaching engagement that I do. So everybody say it with me. There is no going back. There is no going back. You cannot go back. I mean, you can go back, but um, it's not going to be successful. In my opinion, it's not. It's not going to be successful. And I see variations of it. I see the one that I just described. I can't tell you how many athletes, okay, who I get them where they've come off um, in swimming. They've come off the time period in swimming where just improving, 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 improving. And that allowed them to have a certain carefree mentality to what they were doing. Cause it was kind of like, yeah, everything I do is good. And when I show up to the meet, the feedback I get is like, you're even faster than you used to be. You're so great. You're awesome. And they go, oh, I would just love to get back to, I would love to get back to that. Would love to return to that moment. There's no going back to that moment. And that's a good thing. In fact, it is actually a good thing that you cannot go back to that moment. And the reason for that is because the satisfaction that you get from when you're in a process where you just sort of like whatever you do, you make progression and you keep moving forward and everything goes like the, the, the satisfaction and enjoyment that you get from doing something is very fleeting. Okay. It, you, you get a hit of it and then it's gone. The satisfaction that you can get from actually visualizing something far in the future and repeating processes day after day after day after day 
in order to achieve that thing and then achieving that thing on the other end. That's like, that's what life is all about. That should be the thing that we are all aiming for. So it's actually really good that, you know, the rules of the world kind of force us into a situation where we either figure out how to do that or we don't. And if we can figure out to do it, then there's something really amazing on the other end. And there's something really satisfying and nourishing about all that. So how do I think about this internally? And then how do I think about this um, with people I coach? I, I think there is a podcast coming and I feel like I've been teasing this podcast for so many months. Someday you're just going to wake up on a Tuesday. And you know, these things are normally like 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long, maybe at most 30 minutes long. One of these Tuesdays, you are going to wake up and you're going to log in, um, you know, to see, you're going to see that there's a new swim brief. Okay. And you're going to go, Ooh, that, let me, let me, let's see what's going on this week. Let me, let me download that. And you're going to go, Whoa, this Tuesday podcast is like an hour plus that you will know that is the week that I actually sit down and all I talk about is very foundationally what it is that's been going on in my own life over, we're coming up on almost two years or three years. I, I haven't decided where I want to start this particular story block because there were a couple really, really big inflection points. And they were inflection points of some deep negativity. I mean, um, it's exactly what I am describing here. And I think it's worth being reflective and thinking about like over the last couple years, what have been the lowest low points for me? Where have I hit a point where I go like, I cannot go on like this. Like <laughs> I, there is, there is no way I want to continue leading my life this way. I think it's it's definitely worth being reflective. And I just, in the two, past two, three years, I have a couple of them that really spring to mind to me. And in both cases, though, when the way I think about it, and the way I reflect on it now has a lot to do with the process that that, that motivated me to make, make a change, right? It motivated me to make an inflection point and change the direction of what I was doing. In each case, I sustained that momentum for long-term change. And what was different about that versus the story, what I talk about with all that envy for my friend, Sean, is I did not try to go back. I did not try to go back to the well to sustain myself throughout it. What I did instead is I was able to keep in frame where it is I wanted to get to. And I can tell you that was extremely challenging. Uh, you know, I made that sound really, really simple. And that's why eventually there's going to be at least an hour of a podcast um, talking through some of that stuff, because quite frankly, there was a lot of complexity and there were a lot of points when I was extremely challenged to do that, right? To sustain that. But the general concept of what I did was I kept where I wanted to go 
in the frame. And that was my primary motivator for the changes that I was making in my life. So that, because I will say, the difference between sustaining motivation in the same way is if you go back, if you keep going back to the inflection point well, okay, what you're doing, you're, you're playing with fire, right? Because you're, you're, you're digging into this deep well of negativity. And everybody knows when you feel bad, when your thought process is pretty negative, it's, it's got momentum. It's got a magnetism. It pulls you in. You can keep staying in that place. And the place that it kept me in, okay, when I tried to go back and go to the well, as I was doing this long-term stuff to change was... My next thought was always, you're not there yet. You haven't achieved the thing you have yet. Okay. So it was like, I, I would start down on the road of being really hard on myself. Like, Hey, remember when you were at rock bottom? Yeah. Well, guess what? You haven't fixed it yet. Okay. And that was pretty rough because that, that thought, that thought that you're not there yet. Okay. It, it's an exhausting thought. It, it, it just, it, it, I can't describe it in any other way, but it just drains all the life out of you. It just drains the energy out of you so that, you know, instead of having more motivation to go like, I'm going to pick back up tomorrow and I'm going to take that next little mini step. That's just one more step on the way to what it is I want. Instead, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. Are we there yet? You know, like, oh, I guess I'm not there yet. I oh, to see if I can grind out one more day, right? And your probability of being successful with that kind of attitude, I think any person listening to this, they just go like, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's probably not going to work. That's probably not going to work. So that's how I think about it internally. And I promised I would say, you know, how, how, how would I look at it externally? There's a lot of people that listen to this. Yeah, your coaches or you are parents and you're thinking about, you know, how do I interact? Like, I'm like, you're a leader to somebody else. And you're thinking about like, how do I apply this to what it is I'm doing? Well, so I think I can really speak to both of them. I am a parent. I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. I have, um, I am a coach as well. So I wear both hats. I'm in both situations. I empathize with you if you're having to have really tough conversations with people you see, people that you really care about and you want to help them uh, to be the best version of themselves, right? You want to give them all the support that you possibly can to allow them to flower up and, and do all the things that, um, th that they're dreaming of, quite frankly. And you want them to be happy and fulfilled. You want them to be enjoying some of what they are doing. And I think motivation plays a giant role in that, obviously, you know, like the, they are going to be happier when they are more motivated and they are doing the things that they believe will lead to the outcome that uh, that's at the end. They will be more confident, right? If they believe um, in the things that they are doing, then quite naturally, they are going to be more confident when they get to the end and um they've motivated themselves in that way that, if the, right. If they had that positive motivation, which I've talked about in other ways, then that actually does lead to confidence down the line. And I think coaches and parents, we get all mixed up with this sometimes. I know I do where, you know, you, you, you look at somebody who is doing like they, they, they're technically doing a lot of the steps that you think 
will lead to them being successful on the other end. But if their motivational structure is such that they are pushing themselves through a lot of negativity, it is not going to build confidence. And then what you're going to see in the other end is somebody who has a very, very negative self image and hasn't, you know, like they're in great shape. They, you know, they've, they've, they've done, they've done the repeats in practice. They've, um, they've done the dry land training. They've done the reps, all this piece somehow. I mean, kids are really resilient. They can have completely dysfunctional motivation and still be able to do amazing things physically. Okay. And they'll come out the other end though. And, and, and it just, it will not come together in the moment that they are trying to perform. So I would look at like, we all, I think sort of universal value that I see out there um, in sports with parents, with kids, we all want our at people to be resilient from failure. I think coaches more than anybody understand that the role that failure plays in learning and personal development and growth. But again, I would go back to understand exactly what the role that failure is playing in. Moments of failure are inflection points. They are points where an athlete at that moment, when they fail, if they have any desire to be better, then they are going to be upset. They're going to be upset when they fail. And that emotionality that they have in that moment gives them an opportunity to change the direction of where they're going. And I think you can go a long way to helping them with that by first validating that dissatisfaction. So often as coaches, we, you know, we've been maybe like we've been coaching somebody and frankly, like our evaluation of them is, hey, they're not really doing what they're, what, what's going to lead to an improvement and a change and, and, and the next step that they want to take. And then they've reached a point of failure and they're really upset. And we're kind of like, you didn't earn that. You know, you didn't earn that inflection point because, you know, you haven't been honest with yourself up to this point. I would say you're probably right, but being right and doing the right thing are two completely different things. So actually what you can do in that moment, more so than like be that kind of like smart ass who comes over and goes, well, actually, you know, you should have known a long time ago. Like, no, <laughs> get in there, validate the state that they're in and try to get them in to a conversation, a dialogue with you of that as an inflection point. Hey, that's, that seems like that really hurts. That doesn't feel good. What is it that you actually want? What do you want to do? Do you want to change, right? Lean into that piece of the relationship at that moment, okay? And understand that when, understand when athletes and young people actually require an inflection point, right? A, a change in directionality when that is what's holding them back from change, or quite crucially, is it sustaining motivation towards that change? Is it the latter? Because I think in most cases, it's not that people don't understand that they're not doing, they're, they're, they're not uh, doing what they wanna do or they think they should do. 
I think most people are, are way more honest with themselves than we give them credit for. But what is crucially different is, and they may even present to you, they may like pretend that, you know, they are, they are actually like not using failure as an inflection point. But I, I tend to find that most people are not honest about that because they're, 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 they're so, they're so on the defensive. They don't even want to admit at how upset they are at the failure points, um, at the inflection points, because like that in itself is too much vulnerability, too much for them to handle. And they're already very scared. They're already very much on the defensive. So they're going to have a hard time in that moment. I would say look for people who are having trouble sustaining motivation towards day-to-day -day doing the thing that they believe will help them to get better. Like, and yeah, your job as a coach for sure is to share with them your expertise on what it is you think they should do to achieve the thing they want. Um, and I think in many cases, if they are not doing it, then you have to be quite crystal clear about whether or not it's because there's these inflection points or more commonly, how are they motivating themselves to sustain that change, to sustain that belief? Because it takes a lot of belief to sustain it, right? You have to believe so strongly. We have all sorts of habits, okay? Like I was joking with people yesterday, um, almost everybody that I know, well, everybody that I know, I should say, puts on clothes every day, right? We don't, we, and I, I don't have any conversations with people that go, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble motivating myself to get dressed today, okay? It's because we all naturally um, pretty, pretty, pretty strongly believe that's the right thing to do. So we just do it. Okay. Now in a lot of these situations where people have to go above and beyond to achieve something that they are, that they say they want, that is above and beyond. Okay. They may not be that strong in their belief. They may not be that automatic in their belief. And you're going to need a lot of positivity to sustain that then because you're going to have these moments of doubt. You're going to have these moments where you pull back and go, well, maybe not today. Or um, you'll, you'll find ways to talk yourself out of doing the thing that you really, for the most part, believe is the right thing to do. That's this week's podcast. Um, we actually almost made it up to 30 minutes in this one. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. If you want more stuff like this, guys, this is the type of thing I will be showing you how to do in greater detail You'll see it live if you sign up for my course, Chris D. Coach. Okay, go to the website. There's a tab at the top for education. You can sign up to the course. You can sign up for certification as well. And I promised I would talk a little bit more about that. And I will here in the outro. Um, essentially, I uh, several years ago, I certified coaches in positive psychology, in actually the application of it in coaching. Um, and I think that there is great value in first off doing some of the work that's necessary to earn that kind of certification and um, in sharing with other people 
that, hey, you know, the stuff that I learned here that I'm going to communicate is part of the value of this organization, right? We are an organization that's positive psychology certified. And that means that we have, we have put in the work and you can see it in the things that we do. Um, it involves a little bit of several, sorry, it's three one hour sessions of coaching for uh, the coaches involved in it. And the certification actually travels with the coaches. So I'm not, I'm not really interested in certifying teams because, um, you know, I don't want to certify a team and then I've trained a bunch of coaches and then the coaches go somewhere else and the, 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 the team is still saying, Hey, like we're certified, but there's nobody there who's done any of the work. So the certification actually travels with the coaches. You can sign up a coaching staff of coaches. You do some of this work with me and, and essentially I'm going to give you assignments as well so that you can actually demonstrate a working knowledge. And I can see that in your day-to-day -day work, the stuff that you are trying, you have actually taken a concept from positive psychology and applied it and put it into practice and sought some feedback uh, from me on it. And so I think this is a really uh, a great addition to the course. I mean, the course you just, you're going to be watching and learning and, and seeing, but if you step into the certification piece, you're actually going to be doing, you're going to be actively doing the work and you're going to have me by your side to help you. And um, I have any situation that you're going to run into trying to apply positive psychology, believe me, I have trouble, uh, troubleshot my way through it here in the last 14 years. Thank you to everybody for listening. Sign up for my course. Um, follow me, Instagram, Christy underscore coach, CD Swim Coach on Facebook. Uh, download this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Thank you to everybody for listening. Watch the YouTube version of this and see if you can tell any difference in that piece of it too. I love you guys and I'll see you later this week.